This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, do not adjust your podcasting device. It's Tuesday, the 26th of September. And yes, there is a brand new paper cuts today. By popular demand, we're now five days a week. I'm Andrew Harrison, in for Miranda Sawyer, welcoming you to the Modern Newspaper Review, where we set up checkpoints around the neighbourhood formerly known as Fleet Street, frisk everybody for their scoops, and occasionally issue the odd anti-social behaviour order. Huge thanks to everybody who's chipped in to back our brave new era in the Paper Cut Supporters Club. There'll be shouts for the first few backers at the end of the show. You too could join them. Just visit back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow.com to find out how. There's a link in the show notes. And now, here are the headlines for today's edition. Brand latest. Met Police confirmed they are investigating multiple claims of sexual assault against a TV presenter. Tough tax 2024. Labour confirms it will put 20% VAT on private school fees in its very first term. And leave before you sue me. The Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner divorce case gets horribly, horribly messy. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where the battle of headlines against deadlines never ends. Returning to help us explain the absolute state of the fourth estate is comedian, actor and writer of the Detective Roger Le Carre books, Fergus Craig. Hey, Fergus. Hi, guys. And making her Papercuts debut, it's political correspondent at joe.co.uk, former LBC producer and self-confessed Ofcom wrangler. <laughs> It's not going to help you today, podcast of the unregulated Wild West. It's Ava Santino. Welcome aboard, Ava. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So what have we got on the front pages today, Ava? Yeah, I mean, it's a big story this morning. It's the brand story which is dominating the Sun and the Times. So this is the Met Police have opened an investigation into fresh allegations made against him for quote-unquote sexual assaults. Now, this follows the dispatches programme that took over, well, I, I guess the country. I think we haven't stopped talking about it, but now we have to stop talking about it because there's an active investigation. The headline on The Sun is Cops Pro Brand, quote-unquote, Sex Assaults. And on The Times, we've got police investigating multiple brand claims. We've also got a story about HS2. That's PM alarmed by runaway cost of HS2. And then on the front of the iPaper, we've got Labour to hit private schools with 20% VAT in first year of winning power. We're going to talk about that in, in a bit. Fergus, you've got the Department of Hobby Horses, haven't you? Yeah, I've got the, the Daily Mail. Uh, Suella, channel migrants are not refugees, which begs the question, what are they? Yes, they're... I don't... Boat enthusiasts. Yes, yachting people. Uh, yep. And uh, the Daily Telegraph has got the, the, the same thing. Uh, Braverman, 780 million uh, inverted commas, refugees, shows rules must change. Is she kind of implying that literally every single refugee on the entire planet is coming across the channel here? Apparently, 780 million of them. That's quite a lot. In an imagination of a, of a Home Secretary. They're going to need a lot of boats. Mm. And uh, the Daily Star, it's got a story that's kind of depressing. Uh, apparently, because of the cost of living crisis, People are getting rid of their pet uh, rabbits and gerbils. Big story. 
and their headline is Rampant Rabbits. So I guess they've just seen that as an opportunity for something horny. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of dressed it up as like this beautiful sunny day with rabbits gambling gaily across the fields as if it's like Teletubbies land. Um, I mean, it's very Star Wars. It is a pretty depressing tale, isn't it? It is, but and also there's like nothing sexy about it. No. But they've tried to imply there is. Well, you, you tried the star. The big story, as you just mentioned, on both The Sun and The Times is fresh investigations by the Met into Russell Brand after the Joint Times, Sunday Times and Channel 4 dispatches investigation. The Times reports that the force said that potential victims had come forward since claims about the comedian and actor's treatment of women emerged. It did not say how many reports had been made. Some of the alleged offences were in London and others were elsewhere in the country, none of them recent. Brand, of course, has denied all the allegations. Ava, what is able to be reported uh, in the papers? Because they've got to be incredibly careful, haven't they? Yeah, totally. I mean, especially after the Attorney General, that's Victoria Prentice, issued a notice to the papers, which is extremely unusual. They don't normally do this, but she has said it's contempt of court if anyone is to go into the investigation. So what we can talk about and what the papers are talking about is Brand's bizarre little rant on Rumble yesterday mm. in which he blamed the global, well, there's some kind of conspiracy between the global elite and the newspapers to hurt him. Yeah, and it's provided um, another of those kind of images which we see an awful lot of Brand where he's kind of doing his to-camera piece with this strange hands as if he's mm. some kind of preacher. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the what, what point is he trying to make here? It seems very diversionary. Well, it's a war on free speech, apparently. So, but I mean, arguably it is a little bit because it's so unusual for the Attorney General to put a, a, a ban on talking about it. It also means that Brand can't talk about it himself. It's likely that she's probably advised him personally or advised his lawyers, you can't speak on this anymore. So he's using his platform on Rumble, which is a, a, a far right outlet. I mm. think that is probably the most gentle way I can describe it to, to basically say it's a war on free speech and he's being hurt by it. Yeah. Fergus, stepping aside from any kind of possible criminal action here. There is a great opinion piece by Hugo Rifkind in The Times, isn't there? Uh, yes. Um, I was quite like reading Hugo Rifkind. And uh, he's got uh, a little bit about um, what is being termed the mirror world. It's the idea that basically you can't shut these people up. <laughs> They've got a place to go now. Mm. There's this uh, alternate universe on the internet where you can sort of find an audience and a revenue stream by coming up with what you might call the truth or others might call batshit conspiracy theories. And uh, like I say, there's always an audience for it. I went on Rumble for the first time yeah. last night to watch his, um, his, his bit on there. And it was preceded by an advert. And so this is an advert aimed towards Rumble customers, mm. basically saying that the dentistry industry was a scam. Big toothpaste. Big toothpaste was just trying to make money out of us. Yeah. Stop going to dentists. Yes. Start uh, purchasing this liquid, which will regrow your deca decaying teeth. Will it? So that's an example of uh, what one finds on Rumble. That's very mirror world, though, isn't it? The idea that absolutely everything is a conspiracy, even you wait till they get onto floss. Yeah. I mean, this could that be That is big. a conspiracy. Yeah. Wait, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> I think people like Russell Brand were always sort of headed this way. I did um, used to know him quite well. I mean, I don't want to overstate how well I knew him, but we were quite friendly many years ago. And he is the most charismatic man I've ever met. It's sort of what happens when charisma and Dunning-Kruger collide. You know, these people will, they'll always find 
an audience, right? Yeah. Um, the, also, the Sun has run a full page uh, on the on the Rumble thing with you know full of quotes saying he's a target of the war on free speech, asking for support for his individual voice at a time when it is obviously being challenged. We're going to be talking about the state and legacy media's war on free speech, and in particular how that has affected me this week. Hey, but that's not happening. What's happening is a potential criminal investigation. Mm, yeah, well, there's two separate things going yeah. on, right? So what he's talking about is over the past couple of years, he became a COVID sceptic and he got very into that kind of deep state, the, the vaccine's going to kill you, that kind of narrative. And he now is perpetuating this idea that the sexual allegations are somehow trying to silence what he's got to say about COVID and it's part of the kind of conspiracy theory to shut him down. But, you know, what I thought was a really unhelpful intervention... Last week, the chair of the uh, Select Committee for Culture, this is a really boring diversion, but, you know, parliamentary procedure is very important. Yeah, so the kids she, love it. <laughs> they do. So she wrote to Rumble, which is the, the hosting site that we're talking about, and she said that Russell Brand should be demonetized. Now, that is a huge overstep by government to go in and try and take his money away. And now he's able to use that as fodder to his followers to convince them to keep spending their money on watching him. How do the papers cope when there is a hunger for the story out there amongst the readership and they simply cannot report everything that's there for legal reasons? Well, this is what the anger is from The Times, particularly a columnist who was in the paper yesterday. They're asking the Attorney General to lift the reporting restrictions. So what you, I mean, this is really rare. I think the last time this was that this was even considered was Dominic Grieve in 2010, and it was about a murder case. It was about a very specific trial. But I mean, the papers just now have to write around this. So mm. they might now pull up maybe some old clips that went on the BBC, his BBC Two radio show from a decade ago, or he might pull out some kind of sketches and talk about that instead just trying to still keep him on the paper but avoid any any divulge into the allegations the papers cannot exist on hard news alone and one tale that has come to them like a chilled panda pop to a parched man lost in the sahara is the divorce of jonas brother joe jonas hence the name and game of thrones queenlet sansa stark aka sophie turner the two split in early September. The rancor set in almost immediately, with Sophie eventually suing Joe, claiming that their two children were being wrongfully detained in New York. And now it's reached rock bottom, as Nadine Dorries has declared herself Team Sophie. God help you, Sophie. Ava, I barely know who these characters are. What is going on? And why is this your favourite divorce case of all time? What you've got to understand is this is actually all about Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> so about when Taylor Swift was 18, she was dating Joe Jonas and he broke up with her over a 27 second phone call. And we all hated him for it. He Then he kind of laundered his reputation by dating Sophie and getting married to her and being very kind to her. So all the Swifty fans were like, all right, Joe, if you like Sophie, we're back on board. Now, they filed for divorce. Joe Jonas filed for divorce. And then he briefed against Sophie to all of the papers. He basically just called her a bad mother and made all these accusations against her. And Well, he didn't specifically do it. His PR did. Uh, just, to, just to be legal there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and now Sophie Turner is claiming that Joe Jonas is holding the passports in New York for her children, which means the children aren't able to come and join her in England. But it's all speculation and we don't actually know what's going on. This is where it comes back to Taylor Swift. Sophie was seen dining out with Taylor Swift in New York. The next day, Sophie files a legal challenge against Joe Jonas. Right. Taylor Swift convinced her to do it, for sure. Wow. Is Taylor Swift the kind of, um, you know, dark emperor running everything? Yes. 
Oh, okay. Correct. Good to know. She's a, she's a woman who is, is, is just galaxy brain clever that we couldn't even dare to conceive of it. And I would argue that from she was 18, from the day he broke up with her, she's been waiting for this moment. Right. So just, there's a little note saying, I want him to know it was me. Yes. Fergus, um, Nedine Dorry's words of support. Actually, they're, they're, they're a pretty thin recap of what's gone on. I was expecting Sturm und Drang from Nadine, the truth teller. And actually, it's like a Wikipedia page, isn't it? Yeah, the front page of the Daily Mail is, got, uh, is uh, previewing the Nadine Doris column, Why I'm on Team Sophie and the Showbiz Divorce of the Year. But yeah, the actual piece itself is very dry. It was, it was pretty reasonable. Um, you did send me a piece from Harper's Bazaar. Just the cheat sort of, sheet, yes. The cheat sheet, just to sort of um, catch up on the whole story. And it's a very weirdly put together piece because it sort of starts in the present day and goes backwards. It's a backwards timeline. So it's actually yeah. about two people getting back together. Yeah, if you like read it in Martin that Amos's Time's Arrow <laughs> yeah. or one of those Doctor Who's with River Song in it. But one of the things in it, there's a report from TMZ where it said uh, Joe had access to a ring cam that he said captured Sophie saying and or doing something that made him realise the marriage was over. But it doesn't say what that thing was. Was it putting um, the tea bag in after the hot water? What was it that she did? Well, all the argument was because she was, she's a good time girl. So she likes a couple of drinks and she likes to go out. She's only 27. Is she actually from Birmingham? Yeah, she's from Birmingham. Well, then what do we expect then? Come on, she's a proper brummy lass. Yeah, so Demois, which is um, this, uh, it's like celebrity gossip on Instagram and it's like the best if you haven't seen it, just go and look at it. It's got all of the tea. And okay. <laughs> Built spe- in first. Yes. They speculate that she came home after a couple of drinks looking for a good time. He's really boring and he didn't like that. Right. Aren't they Christians, the uh, Jonas Brothers? They used to wear those chastity rings. Okay. That was their big selling point, wasn't it? That they didn't have sex. Yeah. That's a huge selling point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Headlines are the lifeblood of the papers, and we at Papercuts are connoisseurs of the quality pun, the bizarre word salad pile-up, and whatever gets the sub-editors into the pub early. So what gems have we spotted today, and will the star run away with it again? Fergus, what have you got? Uh, This is from the Daily Mirror. A uh, builder is in some kind of dispute with a councillor, who there's a really odd photo of in the mirror. And as revenge, the builder has put up a gargoyle of that said councillor. And the headline is uh, Gargi Bargy. See, I, that's, that semi works, because it, but it's not Gargi Bargy, is it? it you look at it, Gargi Bargy? You, can, yeah, you I, can read it, but you can't say it. I've got to say, though, the gargoyle itself looks quite good. If somebody put a gargoyle like me on a building, I would be quite pleased. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe, I mean, the guy probably likes it. Uh, and there's another one from the Daily Mirror. A, a vegan harassed neighbours who complained that her turkeys smelled. Yeah, we've all been there. 
and uh, the uh, headline is foul play. They get to tap in that one, isn't it? And uh, there's one from the sports section of the Daily Star. Apparently, Liverpool's uh, side um, are even more formidable than they were before, and the headline is Cloppy Horror Show. This is David Moyes being frightened by uh, the performance of Liverpool FC. I think they've had that one in the back pocket for a while, haven't they? How many rhymes with clop are there? Yeah. Top of the clops. I mean, we could sit here and do it. We could do it all day, couldn't we? But let's not. Ava, what have you got? Well, I've got uh, Pret-a-Manger, apparently is now the most overpriced sandwich chain in London. And I think if we've all had to suffer those sandwiches, we do know it. And the headline is £7.15 for a sarnie, but get stuffed. That's pretty, yeah. That, again, I think they may have had that one in the back pocket for a while as well. It's it's, it's screaming to be used. Is it really £7.50 for, what, what's in £7.15. it? £7.15. £7.15, yeah. what's it? Is it like a swan baguette? No, that's the posh... Um, Posh cheddar, posh ploughman's. That's cheese. what it's called. So it's a bit of cheese, cress, red onion, chutney. I know it well because it's the only vegetarian sandwich that they do most of the time. Okay. Um, not a fan of it. Are you? Not, are you? A I, I, yeah, but not for, not for seven pound fifteen. No, I mean, you know, I went in the other day. Just get all my gripes out, and I paid seven pounds for soup. I mean, what's seven pounds? But you can get a tenner of it for thirty-five p. Well, I, I thought that after I paid for it. What else has the sun got? You've got you've got a set in the sun, haven't you? I know, and my dad's going to hate this because he's he's from Liverpool, so I'm you know from Liverpool. So I kind of hate it, but you know, <laughs> this is for you, Dad. Um, so this is um, Putin, everyone's favourite despot. Um, he's wearing a 1980s shell suit. It's Putin shell suiting. He does look very 1994 fella at a rave with a bag of bad pills mm. in that picture, doesn't he? All right. So now this is in Spain. Mm-hmm. There is a a pump there. That is kind of cosplaying a Weatherspoons. It's a fake spoons. It's a fake spoons because that's what everyone wants when they go to the Costa del Sol. It's like, oh, yeah, lovely round here, but wouldn't mind a bit of fish and chips. You go here. And the headline is always take the weather, spelt Weatherspoons, with you. Because Sun Readers are noted crowded house fans, aren't they? Is it actually called Weatherspoons or has it got a similar, vaguely similar name? It's better than that. Strap in. It's yeah. Weatherspains. Weatherspains. That's brilliant. Bad news for next year's intake at Hogwarts, St. Custard's and St. Trinian's. The I has a story saying that Labour will put VAT on private school fees in its very first term. The new government would achieve this by stripping private schools of their charitable status and it could raise £1.7 billion to be spent on the state sector. It won't be gradual, a senior Labour source told the paper. We will not be phasing them in. And the private schools industry said it would hit smaller schools hardest and that the really big, wealthy, independent schools like Eton and Harrow won't be affected. Ava, how does this fit into uh, Keir Starmer's smash the class ceiling agenda? Because this one's been hanging around for a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's actually a policy that he's not been too sure about. But he's now getting quite annoyed that people think he keeps reneging on policy. Yeah. So it's one he's really sticking to. And now Labour have got this, this big agenda at the moment to keep fully costing their plans. So in light of the rack situation, in light of schools up and down the country just being a bit dismal, they want to be able to pledge they'll fix every school and they'll provide more teaching assistance, but they've got to provide it fully costed. So they found the 1.7 billion through this 20% VAT. I totally disagree, actually, this is going to affect smaller schools mm-hmm. because I, do, I think the school can either accommodate the extra 20% in the fee or Send your kid to the local state school. Are you mad? <laughs> I mean, Are you insane? I turned out all right. Yeah. Well, you know, look at the state of us. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, this one has been kicking around for a while, and the Telegraph in particular has been uh, hammering this for weeks. On the 16th of September, it said the plans would make private schools more elitist by driving out parents who are kind of on the margins of being able to afford getting in. 
I mean, okay, Telegraph's got a Telegraph, but isn't it quite good that people shouldn't be able to buy their kids' special advantage and should be forced to mix with the proles like me and you? <laughs> it's not even that. It's more just like, why on earth do schools have charity status? Why yes. does Eton need charity status? It doesn't. You know, pay your VAT. It's like if you go into a shop and you buy something, you pay VAT on it. So why is that any different to your child's education? Um, I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm yelling. <laughs> Fergus, the Institute for Fiscal Studies, points out, is quoted in this story saying it thinks that 40,000 privately educated students could be forced, forced, into the state sector, which would be just awful for them. Is your heart bleeding all over the table? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more prey for bullies. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. I'd like I'm obsessed with this issue. Like every year, it gets more pressing for me. Like it's it is insane. Yeah. There are like seven percent of the population go to private school, but they just dominate the whole of British public life. And it seems like more than ever before. It's insane. I had a sort of tweet thread go semi-viral about it, my, viral by my standards, mm. a few weeks ago because I was watching Channel Four News and it was like. Kathy Newman, private school, and Gary Gibbon, private school, talking to Labour MPs and Tory MPs about Boris Johnson, who went to private school. It's just, the whole, everyone went to private school. And then it was Newsnight, and all the presenters went to private school. And then the following day, it was the Today programme, and all the presenters. It is, it is 7% of the population. Yeah. Anything that can be done to sort of ease that just a little, I am all for. I went to a a bit of a fancy event once and ran into somebody who, to my amazement, turned out to have gone to my school. Right. They're comprehensive in, in, in Merseyside. And I was just saying, this is incredible. We went to the same school. And it was just a ring of blank faces going, well, we all went to the same school. What are you so surprised about? <laughs> Isn't it yeah, I was at a party years ago, a sort of BBC entertainment party. I was chatting to someone about what school she went to, which was like a, a very posh school. She asked which school I went to. I said, well, you wouldn't know it. It's just like a comprehensive. She was like, oh, really? Oh, really? She went, oh, well done. <laughs> I, said, I, said, well, I, did, I said, well, I only did like what 90% of the country yeah. does. And she was like, yeah, but not here. I was like, oh, oh shit. Did she and ever since then, it was like the scales were left my It's like, well my done eyes. that you didn't become just a heroin addict like living yeah. in a bin. You really have really shown us what, how to do it. But I mean, yeah. Good God. It drives me insane. I could talk about this for hours. I totally misunderstood that question when I was first asked it. Like later, like, you know, first joining journalism, people were like, what school did you go to? I'm like, how on earth would they know my school? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then like yeah, yeah. a few events in, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. You're asking yeah. if I went to B-Dales, yeah. which mm. apparently is a posh all-girls school. Watch out, B-Dales about. There's a couple of sad stories in the eye uh, about the smaller schools that might go under. One of them charges £19,000 a year for secondary education, and they're like, we're on the margins here. Mm -hmm. um, I find I can't really, I can't find the onion in my pocket for the tears on, on that one. Can you, how can you see this one playing out in, in the campaign towards the election then, Ava? Is it going to be Kami Kia's class war? It's going gonna, it's gonna to dominate most papers. The Telegraph are going to go wild on this, because as you'll remember, most of their columnists, going back to your point, are all privately educated, and they send their kids to private schools. So it's really something they're going to lean into. And it's kind of an easy win for the Conservatives, actually, because they'll throw this back being like, look, Keir Starmer does not like any movement between the classes. He is commie Keir, and he's trying to repress you. So everyone who can't afford to send their children to private schools will somehow think that Keir is attacking them. Yeah. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose the counter argument is 
yeah, social mobility, just not pay as you go. The eye, uh, all this moaning about, you know, adding VAT to the, to the fees, the eye points out that fees have rocketed way beyond inflation anyway because it's wealthy overseas parents who want to buy British schooling. And those people absolutely can afford it and they absolutely can afford additional 20% VAT. Mm. So, you know, juice them and put the money into, I don't know, I've got a wild idea. How about school buildings that don't fall down? And also, I mean, just like generally bringing education back to, I'm going to say it, Tony Blair's standards. Um, you know, bringing back the Sure Start programme or bringing back scholarships. So private schools are supposed to offer places to mm. local local stu- local prols <laughs> to, come, <laughs> local, to come in and local enjoy. Local poros like us, yes. Yeah, to go in and enjoy the tennis courts. Bring that scheme back. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just like a quality pork pie or a high-end Cornish pasty, with the papers, it's what's inside that counts. The features, the lifestyle, the fashion, the hidden tales that make it all worthwhile. What good stuff have we spotted today? Fergus, there is a Lego tale in the Telegraph of all places. Yeah, there's a, there's a conflict for parents, right? Middle-class parents like myself, you know, last section aside, I can't admit that I am quite middle-class. <laughs> and... um we love nothing more than Lego, but we also hate plastic. Right. Lego never gets mentioned, does it, as a sort of polluter? But of course it is. It's mm. just a phenomenal amount of plastic. And Lego was going to change the way they were making their Lego. They got the Lego out of old bottles, weren't they? It's going to recycle PET plastic. It's going to be recycled. And for whatever reason, that's not worked out. So now they're looking into some kind of situation where you can return your Lego in the same way you used to be able to return your LucasAid bottles. It's going to be a Lego brick buyback. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, I'm all for that. Could be good, right? So basically, you can return your Lego and be repackaged and turned into another Death Star or whatever. I think that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I think it's it's quite, you know, this means there's a new source of future wealth for all of us. You can go mining down the back of the couch. And, you know, as, as somebody with children, you know, Lego gets everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we are sitting on a gold mine in terms of lego (laughs) (laughs) they tried to make the new lego bricks with recycled water bottles but apparently it wasn't strong enough the pet plastic was too weak and i'm like what are you building the burj khalifa here i mean how strong does a lego brick need to be pretty strong yeah if you are deciding to build that thing from close encounters the third kind in your front room well that's you'll be surprised to know that that film is not so big with six-year-olds these days well fair enough um, so does it also save you from the horror of stepping on it in the middle of the night when you go down to uh, have a glass of water? Yeah, the most painful thing known to man, I reckon. Ava, you've got a weird story about two snipers from the Met who were sent home from the Glasgow Climate Summit for posting a picture of Sutty's mate Sweep, the hand puppet, on Twitter looking through a telescopic site. Yeah. What the hell is this about? They were sent home from COP26 because they had shown police dog Swoop 
So it's a play on sweep, yeah, is it? Yeah, uh-huh. swoop. I actually don't really know those puppets. I'm so sorry. It's quite a long time ago. Anyway, so yeah, they sent a picture. They posted a picture on Twitter of this puppet looking mm. down the lens of a gun, a sniper. But apparently this gave away their position. And so they were sent home in disgrace for revealing where the snipers are. And I'm also like, I don't want to be too pernickety here. But you can kind of tell where the snipers are because they're the guys with the guns, normally on top of the buildings. Mm. But anyway, so they then filed a claim for unfair dismissal and they said that it was (laughs) anti-English. Well, because they don't have have puppets in Scotland. Well, apparently not. And um, they've now lost that appeal. So apparently another uh, female Scottish cop was not sent home. Mm -hmm. Maybe because she lives in Glasgow. I don't know. But she wasn't sent home and they were and they tried to claim that it was sexism and racism against the English. Well, it would be a bit unfair to send her to England. That would be quite a big punishment, it wouldn't it? Don't mess around with hand puppets. I think. Where does this rank in the puppet-based sex discrimination cases pantheon? Straight at number one. I expect we'll have Attorney General Victoria Prentice on this within the hour. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thank you, Ava, for your debut appearance. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. Uh, Listeners, thanks for listening. Don't forget, we're now out five days a week and we could really use your support to keep up our punishing schedule of reading all the papers on your behalf. We are a 100% independent outfit. There's no big media owner behind us and it costs a fair few quid to put this show together and pay everybody. So it would be fantastic if you could chip in a little to keep paper cuts on the road. For as little as £3 a month, you can get 20 episodes every single month without adverts. Support us with a little bit more and you can get extended episodes with extra bits, plus the coveted paper cuts, mugs and T-shirts as modelled by our panel and today by me. Follow the link in the show notes to back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow.com to find out more. Backers get a shout out on the show. Fergus, who are our very first supporters? Sarah Turner. Hello, Sarah. David Martin. Hello, David. And Mary Ann Jennings. Hello, Mary. Thanks for listening. I've been Andrew Harrison and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the star alerted us to the fact that the French are using the English TV show Sex Education to learn about sex. The series is a good source of information and it's very open-minded and inclusive, said a French person in the biggest Coles to Newcastle story in history. Au revoir, à bientôt. We'll see you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Podmasters Group Editor Andrew Harrison with Ava Santina and Fergus Craig. Producer is Liam Tate, Assistant Producer Adam Wright and Executive Producer Martin Bodgetos. Audio Productions by me, Robin Lieban. Music by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin. Design by Jim Parrott and art by Modern Toss. Managing Editor is Jacob Jarvis and Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>